Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Dr. Psych Mom Show. Today, we're going to be talking about this myth that guys don't call back after sex and um, how this is kind of a very pernicious, bad sort of trope that really has nothing to do with reality. We will discuss that. Uh, first, please do subscribe. The most recent uh, episode discusses what kind of porn actually helps with your sex life. And it's not the amateur shit, guys. Um, so you'll have to subscribe to hear about that and to get close to 100 other subscriber episodes. So I think that's a pretty good deal for $5.99 a month. It's pretty much 25% of my episodes are subscriber. So um, anyhow... Uh, when guys don't call back after sex, so this is like something that women say, and it's very, it's, it's old fashioned, but the women saying it don't realize that it's old fashioned. You know, they're just saying the stuff that their mothers and grandmothers would say, like, you know, why would he buy the cow if he can't, if he can get the milk for free type of thing? Um, we're not cows. We don't have milk. And the analogy really doesn't hold because you just got to think of it like this. If a guy just had great sex why would he not want to do that again? That doesn't make any sense, right? Like if you went to a restaurant, you really like the food, don't you want to go back to the restaurant? I mean, like this just makes sense. And if it was like a restaurant that was um, just amazing, like would you ever be like, "Mm, no, you know, I did that. I don't ever, ever want to do that again. Especially if the restaurant was like easy to get to, you know, because it's like in this analogy, you are, it's not like the guy had sex with you, but you know, he's like a a spy, you know, who has to go back to like his home continent, you know, and and you're over here. Like, it's like a guy who lives in your city, probably, that could easily see you again. So if he liked the sex with you, wouldn't he want to do it again, right? But people don't like to say this because then what they're saying is he didn't like the sex with me. Big shit, right? I mean, like, he didn't like the sex with you, fine. Let him edit himself out of your potential partner sooner than later because obviously you were not sexually compatible. Now, some women are like, the sex was amazing and he still doesn't call me back. Well, it wasn't. Like, it it wasn't. (laughs) It wasn't. Like, I don't know how many ways to say it wasn't. It's upsetting, I guess, you know, if you think of yourself as somebody with good judgment to know you thought the sex was good, he didn't. All right. Shit happens, you know, like we're not perfect people. Sometimes our judgment is is missing. It's not there. We we want we like the guy so much, he's so cute, whatever, that we like to think it went different than it did. And I'll tell you what kind of sex the women usually tell me about right after that. Um, that turns out I'm like, yeah, no shit, it wasn't that good. But first Women do this too. So this is like another way to be anti-male. There's enough anti-male shit out there. It's like terrifying for women with sons. It's like a very anti-male popular culture. Men are the ones we're allowed to say are stupid or inept or, you know, have no foresight or slobs. You can never say that about women. Anyway, um, so women do that too. Usually it's with kissing. So they're like, oh my God, he was like such a good guy, but I feel so bad because we didn't have any chemistry with the kids, so I'm just not going to return messages anymore. And I'm like, okay, like fine, you know, like it's, it's honestly, it's, it's 50-50 based on the person whether they would rather be ghosted or rather be told you are a bad kisser. Really, like you are a bad kisser could make somebody like so upset. You know why? Like why do that? Personally, if like somebody didn't like how I kissed, I would rather them ghost me than tell me you're a bad kisser. So 50% of the world probably agrees and 50% would rather hear it. So who am I to say who this guy is? I don't fucking know. So you want to ghost him? Fucking ghost him. Same thing with the, with the man, with the woman. 
it, it, sex is more intimate, right, than just kissing. So in that case, make something up. Don't be like you were a terrible lay. What's the point of that? It's just hurtful. Like instead, say like, oh, you know, I, I didn't really feel such a connection. You know, I'm sorry. And that's it. Don't say I didn't feel such a connection because our sexual experience was terrible. You don't always have to be honest. People that struggle with like super honesty that they always have to be honest in every situation even if it hurts somebody are frequently anxious people that tend toward what we call scrupulosity which is like a form of OCD where you always have to be honest. Don't do that. Don't hurt somebody's feelings by telling them what a terrible sexual partner they were. Why would you do that? I mean, you know, it just doesn't make any sense. It's just hurtful. It's like if some kid didn't want to be your kid's friend because your kid made jokes that weren't funny, wouldn't you want them just to kind of fade out? Would you want them to be like, you know what, I really liked you, but your jokes are really terrible. You have no sense of humor. You have no comedic timing at all. I cringe whenever you open your mouth. No, you really don't need that level of honesty. You don't want your kid to hear that. Sometimes we're just not meant to be with somebody. But this is an aside. You know, um, anyway... The, the point being here is totally normal to not want to pursue a relationship if there's not enough sexual compatibility or chemistry. When I posted about this, because usually I have an idea, I make a video or uh, some sort of thing, and then I do my podcast. Sometimes it's the inverse. But in this case, I did a video on it, I think, and um, it could have been a Canva little thing, you know, one of those memes things. But you should be following me on social media. This means to get this shit ahead of the, ahead of time. But anyway, so I post about it, and people, you know, it's it's a very, it's a very uh, controversial topic because there, you know, you want to believe that a guy that did something bad to you is a bad guy versus thinking that like he had a reason and the reason might have something to do with you, you know? So people will be like, no, like guys are just assholes and they just want one thing and then, and you know, they, then, then they're done. They don't, even if they just wanted the one thing, wouldn't they want to do the same thing again? And then somebody said, well, sexual compatibility can grow over time. I I don't know about that one. I don't know about that one. Now, certainly somebody can learn to be better at certain technical things over time. I get that 100%. You can learn to be better at like oral sex, right? Like I did my podcast about that. Subscriber one on oral sex on women. The other one on blowjobs. My still my most listened to episode. But you can learn these technical things. What you can't learn is like whether you have passion and chemistry and a spark. You can't learn that. That doesn't really, like, some people are like, well, sex, if sex is really awkward, you know, it could be really awkward the first time. All right. So do it a couple more times, <laughs> but like, don't do it more than that. You know, like if it's not any better the first few times, like how's it going to get better? I have a podcast coming up that I'm going to do soon called The Elephant in the Room. So there's a lot of people that have an elephant in the room of their relationship. And I'll talk about this in depth in that episode. But one of them is like, we were never sexually compatible. We do not have passion like what we see on television. And it's like, uh, well, you probably could have told that in the first encounter, but you listened to too much of this garbage about like sexual compatibility can grow. No, it can't. Compatibility doesn't really grow. That passion, that spark, that liking the same things, you know, like, so, so let me give you examples because I promise I'm sure you're on tenterhooks here waiting for examples of the type of sex that women tell me about that was so good, 
But yet, for some reason, that motherfucker didn't call back. Let me tell you what it looked like. It looked like he wanted to do stuff I didn't want to do. What the translation means. Literally, I wanted to do almost nothing. Um... I was uh, I was nervous, but you know, but he was really patient and he said that it was okay. Meaning basically I told him to come back to my house. We ended up doing nothing after flirting all this time except a little bit of kissing. And being a man who was like 45 fucking years old, he got frustrated and he doesn't really want to see me anymore. No harm, no foul. Honestly, you guys are not compatible. He wants to be with somebody who is sexually open and enthusiastic about engaging. And you want to be with somebody who's okay with just making out for extended time. That is okay. It is okay to be different people. But what is not okay is then to vilify this guy for, you know, fading out after, after this whole all happened. Yeah, okay, it would be nicer. He shouldn't, like, block your number. He should say something. If he has been to your house, there was even a specter of sex on the horizon, then he should say something like, oh, I'm sorry, didn't, you know, it didn't really work out. I don't really feel a connection. He should not be like, because I'm terrified that you will be the second sexless marriage I get into in my lifetime. He doesn't need to say that. I mean, you know, then you're going to cry, so you don't need to cry. So the point being... When guys, when women say that it was a good sexual encounter, what they usually mean is the guy was a good kisser. He was really attractive and I was really into him. But I have like 47 things that I won't do in bed, um, frequently including have any sex at all. And so, um, but, 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 you know, I've watched a lot of Nicholas Sparks, you know, book to movies and I'm really a romance aficionado. And I think that the making out would have been enough. For a 45-year-old man post-divorce, it is not enough. It would not be enough for a woman in that situation with a high libido either. Think about it like this. If you go back as a woman, so let's visualize it being a woman who isn't interested in a man. You go back to his house. He's like, oh, I can't wait to be with you later, right? Like everything's going for you to have sex. You're all excited. You get back there and he's like, "Mm, I'm not ready. You're not ready? Really? Okay. Well, nothing you could do about that, but uh, that's a little bit not what you were wanting. So you would be within your rights, I would hope, if you've read Dr. Psych Mom, to be like, never marry a man with a lower sex drive than you. So maybe this would be a very big reason to not continue the relationship. So then guys will say, well, I thought you said, you know, sometimes. You know, let's say you're a guy, you're back on the dating market, you're terrified, you're very anxious about it, and so you're scared that you're going to have erectile dysfunction, premature ejaculation, something. Fine. So, so then maybe you want to wait. But what are you waiting for exactly? <laughs> like, like that's going to happen. It's like the people that want to like wait to be surprised when the baby's born about the gender. It's also a surprise <laughs> when you see the sonogram. It's a surprise no matter which way you do it. So if you have sex with a woman after three dates and you go soft because you're anxious and it takes you guys a little bit of time to get your rhythm, fine. That would have happened in, you know, if you waited till the sixth date also. You know, the same thing would have happened. So what people who are naturally kind of sex averse and shy about sex think is that if the person knows me well enough, then it won't matter that I have these issues. 
Mm, I don't like that for the other person, though, because the other person then feels this, you know, kind of emotional tie and this like guilt trip, you know, because they've known you for so long. There's a sunk cost. Their therapist is not on speed dial at that moment to tell them to get the fuck out of Dodge if the sex, you know, if the sexual compatibility isn't there. So like a guy who's been with a woman well, I mean, there's just so much to be said because like, there are a difference between a guy who will stay dating a woman for six dates in his 40s without any sex and a guy who won't. And the difference is usually self-esteem. Sometimes it's being religious. I don't know much about this. The only uh, super conservative religious people I see are the people who have terrible sex lives because of the super conservative religious stuff. And then I see them. So I'm not getting a, a, full, a full range, you know. I'm not getting the ones who are super happy with their married sex lives. But... Yeah, okay, I could see if, if it's really important to you to wait until marriage or something, then that's why you're waiting, fine. But I'm talking about people that are waiting because they're anxious. They're anxious about getting rejected. You are allowed to be rejected over not clicking. So guys can also tell. So there's a very big difference between the woman that doesn't know how to do a certain sexual position and the woman who's like, nope. Underwear stay on. Nope, 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 nope. I don't do that. 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 And these women are like thinking that was a good sexual encounter. That wasn't a good sexual encounter. That's like being in prison. So it's not a good sexual encounter. So yes, so there is really no replacing sexual compatibility and liking the same stuff. So in your first encounter, usually is how the rest of the sex life is going to go. If your first encounter is terrible and awkward, it generally does not get better because certain things, yeah, okay, you don't know the same positions that each other likes. Maybe he's not going to get you off through intercourse because he doesn't know what position you could do that. But he will usually get you off if he can get you off. If he, if he is, if you are going to be sexually compatible, he usually can get you off in the first encounter because you would like tell him how to do it in the first encounter. So you also have to take responsibility for sexual compatibility. It doesn't just come from heaven. But if in the first encounter you're trying to tell him how to get you off and he's like fumbling all over the place and he can't figure it out I you know I mean it's it's not a good sign it's just not a good sign it's not PC to say that sex is important in, in these earliest stages but it is so important because every day I deal with the aftermath of couples who ignored how important it was and it never goes away this problem never goes away if in the earliest encounters you did not enjoy making out with each other and you kept thinking that the other one's kissing style would somehow magically improve. Of course, you could teach people how to kiss. You can teach people how to kiss, of course. I even have a post about this. But um, it's just, it's not a very good sign. It really isn't. So what you want to do is say, if I'm into somebody and I sleep with them, good. If it turns out that we're sexually compatible, great. He will likely call and she will likely call and return my calls. But if not, then it's just like the same as any other aspect of compatibility. It's like the date is going really, really well. And then you say you're a Democrat. He says he's a Republican. And then it's kind of like game over, which happens more and more nowadays. Now the politics are such a, you know, integral, uh, dichotomous sort of sort of dating weed out thing, which it never used to be. There's a lot of books about this, um, about the uh, polarization of politics, like by Ezra Klein. But anyway, the, the, the point here is that 
it, this is just one more variable. If you, if everything's going well and that you get into bed and it's terrible, then you should probably not be dating anymore. Like, otherwise, you're going to end up in my office or somebody like me in 10 years thinking about why you did not listen to your gut after the first encounter. All right, so that is what I have to say about that. And uh, hopefully it was a different perspective for you and of some utility. And I will talk to you all soon. Have a great day.